There's always an opportunity to be a better us for this world. So claim it! It's time to develop me for we. Happy morning everyone! I'm Steph Saison, your host. It's been a bit over two weeks that I haven't released a new episode and I just really wanted to take the time to reevaluate the content that I was sharing with you. Even before I started doing this podcast, I had already heard a lot of things from other people and being the people pleaser I am or was, I was tempted to tailor fit my episodes to each comment and suggestion. And even along the way of doing this, I'd get even more comments and suggestions. And don't get me wrong, feedback is good and I wanted to get this feedback, but being emotionally healthy and knowing yourself really helps because you'll know where and when to draw the line to taking in all that feedback. So it's rightfully fit that today's discussion is focused on overcoming people teasing. I went on to look up the definitions of this concept and found in some psychology sources that it's just really basing your self-worth on other people's thoughts and expectations of you, whether you do this consciously or not. Oftentimes, this can easily be confused with kindness or being polite. And top of mind, these are some instances where I personally exhibited my people-pleasing tendencies. So one would be agreeing and knowing something like, maybe a band or a restaurant and then whoops when they correct themselves oh the term was strong or the name was strong i ended up obviously looking like a poser or a liar which made my impression even worse to begin with or another would be always wearing this particular outfit because someone told me a guy like that i look prettier that way or another would be skipping over certain machines in the gym because I, as much as someone wanted to try them, I didn't want to look like a noob who didn't know what I was doing. Or another would be saying sorry repeatedly for something I didn't do or for a situation that doesn't even warrant an apology, like someone would bump into me or when I have a question, I would keep saying sorry. Or another instance would be needing to hear explicit praises from others to feel good about myself and what I'm doing. Like, I wanted to hear, wow, Steph, you're really good at that. You should keep on doing that. Do more of that. That's your strength. Grabe. You should do that more. And another would be keeping quiet when I disagree or feel hurt about what someone said or did. And another also is offering up my help and letting people know that I'm always, always available anytime that you need. Just come to me to help. Honestly, I just did this because I just wanted to feel needed because my value came from people finding me useful and helpful. And again, this is so not emotionally healthy, by the way. You don't have limits and people don't know or respect your limits and you can't even say no. Even if you have a role as someone who just generally helps, like a pastor or a maintenance personnel, if you keep saying yes to everything, you won't have time to do your key responsibilities and you won't be physically capable to execute those tasks and just simply you won't be effective anymore in your role, in your job, right? 
So, did any of you agree with some, most, or even all of the instances I've mentioned? Personally, I grew up developing this people-pleaser tendency because I didn't really get the love, affection, and approval I wanted and needed from particular people. And honestly, I just tried to do everything a parent or a teacher would want their kid to participate and excel in. I was a valedictorian, class president, I joined the chess varsity, math competition, singing contests, you name it. But their loud applause and proud smiles just gave me temporal happiness. It didn't last long, so I thought that maybe I just have to excel more, that I was not enough at that point to be loved because what was louder than their applause was the silence I got if I made one mistake. And what was bigger than their smiles was that growing burden I felt on my shoulders. I just didn't have that peace of mind and peace in my heart. I grew up in a Christian environment, so I was thinking that, oh, I'm running this race for Jesus, so I should just do everything excellently and right in people's eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was how I comforted myself and just excusing, just emotionally like abusing myself. And I didn't realize that I wasn't on the right track. I was on the wrong running track. I was on a race I didn't sign up for in the first place. I was just pulled in and I was told to run, run by the world standards. And honestly, this is an example of how easy it is for people to place the word God or Jesus into something and make it sound like a worthy and godly cause. That's spiritual bypassing and removing all kinds of accountability from yourself. God never asked us to be people pleasers. It's exactly opposite of the exact thing that he says. And so with that, here are some tips and next steps I personally did to begin running the right track towards overcoming people-pleasing. So first things first, realize it's wrong to be a people-pleaser. Again, as I always say, change starts from self-awareness. You are not going to stop people-pleasing if you think that it's perfectly fine to do so. Next is to know that you have a choice. To say no, to leave, to disagree, to point out that you're hurt. You can start in small ways like disagreeing in a brainstorming session before you try out disagreeing in a whole board meeting. Another would be to set a time limit, communicate it, and commit to it. I realized just after graduating that I'm always letting people take my time for granted. I'd schedule maybe, okay, I want to go to the gym this day, or I want to stay home and relax and just read, but then I'd get invites to hang out. Oh, there's this reunion. Hey, let's watch this movie. And there, goodbye plans. So it's important that you yourself know the limit of what you can give. If you're dead tired already from a whole day of work, tell yourself and that person you're meeting that you can only stay maybe till 10 p.m., Imagine not capping off that time and then realizing that, oh my goodness, it's already 1am and I have to wake up at 5am because traffic. Are you doing yourself a favor by not calling it a night? I remember before falling asleep in a dinner and several movies, actually like so many good movies because I just couldn't contain my exhaustion. So now I commit that I'd never go out to have dinner than watch a movie on weeknights. And my friends know and respect this because I communicated with them. 
and something much related and intertwined to that previous next step is to decide already beforehand. So if I already commit myself that, okay, I'm not going to watch movies on a weeknight, I won't feel panicky or put on the spot to give in when someone suddenly invites me out because I already made the decision and I already have this response set if someone invites me. Next one would be to just be honest. Remember me mentioning in the past episode that you're, why is it that we're so willing to not disappoint others, but then it's perfectly fine to disappoint ourselves. By not falling through with your commitments, you're just doing that. You're continually disappointing yourself. So don't feel the need to provide a good enough reason to excuse yourself. Just be honest. People appreciate this more than your long list of excuses. Just say you're tired, you'll pass. It's more important to be authentic in your relationships than it is to preserve it by lying. It honestly hurts more to find out that you skipped out on them for a different reason than what you told them. And if they don't respect your honesty and personal human limitations, you better evaluate those friendships also. <laughs> Lastly, remind yourself of your priorities. It all boils down to this. Again, with the emphasis of your belief system, if you know what you value the most, you'll know how to set up your priorities. If you say it's family first before friends, why do you keep canceling scheduled family dinners for impromptu movie night invites with your bergada? Reminding yourself of your priorities will guide you in making those decisions beforehand to know which ones to say no to and to allot your time. It's not easy to overcome people-pleasing. I really thought that I was through with the high school people-pleaser me when I was in college. Then when I started working, that I was through with the college people-pleaser me. But as you go to a different level, there's a different level waiting for you. It's how, like how in video games, you defeat level 1's boss, then you'd have to face level 2's boss soon enough after going through like many trials along the way. So I thought I overcame people-pleasing when I wouldn't conform anymore to my teacher's expectations. But then, okay, it gets harder because now it's my classmates that I'm dealing with, my friends, my peers, like people I want to hang out with, spend time with. It seems like a whole new playing field, but the same principles that I mentioned can still apply. So don't be so settled that you've overcome people-pleasing or actually any other struggle you have for good because then we'd fall into complacency and not realize we're already back to level one because we didn't realize oh there's a level two there's a level three what imagine again you're running a race and then you slow down because you turn your head to check if people are cheering you on or you're trying to seek out that person who keeps saying these things about you you're not going to finish your life goal well if you continue to run that way and I personally really like to follow the model of Jesus when it comes to people-pleasing. He was not afraid to create conflict, to break the temporary and artificial peace. He knew from the start who he was and what he was supposed to do. He didn't let people's snarky comments and literal stones thrown his way like get in the way. He had that lasting peace and infectious confidence because he was grounded on his identity and purpose. 
I just love how Jesus started out his ministry when he got baptized. He already had this affirmation of who he is. In Mark chapter 1 verse 11, God just affirmed to Jesus that you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Wow, well pleased without needing to do anything like that's such freedom from needing to be a people teaser and perform like he need not heal the whole world of leprosy or what to be loved by the father it's such a comforting thing to bring this with you as you start your mission and you'll notice all throughout his three years of ministry that he wasn't afraid to challenge, to ask questions, to listen to disagreements, to share thought-provoking and faith-shaking parables, to make people think. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, he was really tested to show to the devil who he was. He stood firm knowing that he didn't need to prove himself. Like he had his priorities and values intact. Even when the devil was just tempting him, like, hey, you can turn that stone into bread. Just show me because you have the power to do it. Or just call on your angels to catch you because you have the authority to call upon them. Or, you know, I can give you all these kingdoms in the world and all their splendor instead of you just suffering here in the wilderness. If only he'd just bow down and worship Satan. But well, he said no. He didn't need to prove himself. Even with his closest friends, he didn't compromise himself because he didn't want to disappoint others. You'll see this in John chapter 11. Lazarus was sick and Mary and Martha were explicitly saying, Hey, the one you love is sick. And they know Jesus can do something like heal him because he's Jesus. And in verse 21, you'll read that Martha was telling Jesus that, You know, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Like, she added even more, But you know, I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. That's such pressure from your friends. <laughs> and in verse 32, Mary falls to Jesus' feet, saying those words Martha said, If only you'd been here, Jesus! And in verse 37, you'd see that others were also saying, Come on, Jesus, you opened the eyes of a blind man. Couldn't you have kept Lazarus from dying? That's a lot of pressure coming from all around. But Jesus waited, and he even allowed himself to cry. He wept. He knew God had the right time for this, and he wasn't going to give in to people's thoughts of him and what was the right thing to do in their eyes. There are so many people actually in the Bible who you'll see also have this tendency of people pleasing. Like Peter, he denied Jesus three times because he wanted to disassociate himself and protect himself. Pontius Pilate gave in to the demands of the crowd to crucify Jesus even if he himself didn't think that Jesus was guilty. But it's okay, we're imperfect human beings and at least we are no longer bound to always say yes. We can have this ability to say no and have freedom from being people pleasers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says here that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We can say goodbye to our hurtful tendencies and live like Christ. We can emulate him. We can now focus on our soul audience who loves you already. You don't have to do anything to earn his love. He already took that penalty of sin. 
And as Dr. Dave Anderson always says, Jesus doesn't clean his fish before he catches them. He just takes us as we are. He loves us. Like even if we're scaly and slippery and dirty because we've been in the ocean too long. Like he just catches us. And I also like this quote by Lecrae, an American hip-hop artist, that if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from the rejection. And I'm just here being intentional in affirming who you are in Christ. Where you are now, it's never too late to realize that God loves you. So we can wrap up this episode by asking yourself this question and trying to answer it. First is, what are possible factors why I have this people-pleasing tendency? And knowing this, which of these next steps listed above can I apply so I can gradually remove this bondage of people-pleasing? Second is, do I still live in my old self? Am I still living a life with the mentality that I need to clean myself up as a fish in this ocean before Jesus would touch and catch me as his beloved? I pray that you all take the time to think through your answers to these critical questions. Don't forget that we all need to make the time to take the time. And it would really mean a lot to me if I got to connect with you guys. So hit me up on Instagram at StephSaison or Twitter at WhatStephSaison or even email me at developmeforv@gmail.com. at gmail.com. See you guys in a few days for the next episode. Happy morning!